St. John of the Cross is sometimes a very difficult writer to understand, and sometimes he's a very simple writer to understand. What do I mean about that? There's a simplicity in his writing, and there's a complexity in his writing also. Sometimes people misinterpret St. John of the Cross. Sometimes they, they call him a Buddhist and say all he advocates is nothing. He's not a Buddhist. He's a Christian. He's, he's a priest. He's a Catholic. He's a doctor of the church. He's not a Buddhist. He's not that. So what, is, what does St. John of the Cross teach? And I'll give you a little bit of what he teaches and show you some of the complexity of it, but some of the simplicity of it. So St. John of the Cross wrote four works. His four works were The Ascent of Mount Carmel was his first. Second was The Dark Night of the Soul. Third was The Spiritual Canticle. And fourth was The Living Flame of Love. And basically, these were spiritualities in order to help the soul attain union with God. So if we don't have a goal in the spiritual life, we're just going to be wandering aimlessly and wondering, you know, what's this all about? Why am I suffering? Why am I praying? Why am I going to church? Why am I going to confession? What's it all about? If you don't have a goal, why do all that? See that? Every sports player always has a goal in mind that they want to shoot for. So our goal is union with God, what he calls the mystical espousals, the spiritual marriage with God, in which our soul is totally immersed in God, and God is totally immersed and us. And it's a foretaste of heaven. And I'm talking about this life, not the next life. Not the next life, not the beatific vision and the next life. This life of getting to that mystical marriage with God. That's our goal. That's the goal of St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa, Babylon, of all the saints. So we have to have our goal in mind. Now, to get to that goal, there's going to be work. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to work. Of course you want to work. Roll up your sleeves. Come on, we're meant to work. We're meant to, to work to get to that goal. Any athlete works to get to that goal. They may stumble along the way, but we still have to work. And so that's why he calls the first work the ascent of Mount Carmel. Because it's like climbing a mountain. We have the goal in hand, the zenith, the apex of the mountain, but it's going to take a climb. It's going to take effort to do that. And so what, what's the effort that St. John the Cross did? First of all, it's prayer, that we always enter into prayer. And he has a phrase, everything is a gift from God. Everything is grace from God. St. Augustine said that also. Even to ask for a grace, even to desire a grace from God is a grace from God in itself. Even to want to do good is a grace from God in itself. You can pray for that grace and say, I don't feel like praying. I just don't feel like praying. I don't, I, I'm not in the Christmas mood. I'm not in the jingle jingle mood. You can pray for that grace and pray to get into that jingle jingle mood. You can pray for that desire just to pray. See that? So everything is a gift from God. Everything that we have is a gift from God. And we have to beg God for that gift. So as we're praying, and as God begins to purify us, then God takes, us, takes each one of us through a different road 
up to that apex. And this is what St. John of the Cross calls the dark nights. And you have to distinguish between the dark nights. There's active dark nights and there's passive dark nights. So first is the active night of the senses in which, in which we're active. We're doing a lot to try to purify ourselves, our five senses, from the things of this world, from the flesh. See that? So, so we, we try to purify ourselves from the thinking of the world and try to attune ourselves to God. That's where we listen to the gospel. That's where we meditate. See that? Then the second stage is what's called the, the active night of the soul, in which then God purifies our soul. So what, what's the active night of the soul? The active night of the soul would be early in our spiritual life, like if you have a conversion, and God gives you lollipops at the beginning of your conversion. What's lollipops? He gives you consolations. So God gives you lots of consolations. You feel peace. You feel good. You feel good when you're praying. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point, all those consolations are taken away. And you start asking yourself, why are these consolations taken away from me? What am I doing wrong? And so you begin doing more of what you've done before, and it's not working. And you're saying, I must be doing something wrong. I have no peace inside. All these consolations are taken away from me. Well, it's because God is purifying your soul. See that? He's purifying your soul. He's helping you to seek him. He's helping you. There's, there's a phrase, seek not the consolations of God, but seek the God of consolations. If we're given too much consolation in the spiritual life, then we go to God only because of the consolations not because of God. See that? So it's, it's like a parent, and a parent gives the child candy and toys and whatever the child wants. Whereas the child enters into adolescence, if you keep spoiling the child, that's not good for the child's development. So you take those things away in order for the child to grow and to mature more. See that? If you were to spoil a child for the rest of your life, you would have a spoiled child. And the child would not mature, would not know. See, the child would not know, the, would not have gratitude for the gift that's been given to them. And so God, he withdraws himself. He seems to hide ourselves in order for us to seek him more. I call it the hide and seek game. God hides, we need to seek him. And we seek him more and more and more until we find him. And when we find him, there is even greater consolation than what we had before. So then St. John the Cross then talks about the purifications, what are called the passive purifications. And these are higher levels. These are for souls really trying to strive for perfection. So there's the passive night of the senses, and then there's the passive night of the soul. Passive night of the senses, the reason why it's called passive night is because God is the one who does the work. God is the one who's then acting on the soul. God then gives the soul suffering, trials, crosses. And it's very difficult for the soul to, to endure sufferings and trials. It could be physical sufferings. 
Could be a suffering within your family, within your marriage. Could be a suffering within your work. Could be a financial suffering. Could be a suffering from a pandemic. These sufferings can come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. But God gives us sufferings in order to purify us more and more. First, he purifies our senses. And then the, 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 the I would say, not the worst, but, but really deep is the passive night of the soul, the dark night of the soul. And this, this is, it's rare. It's rare that God would give this passive night of the soul, the dark night of the soul, in which the soul feels that it's in total darkness. God does not exist. So the, 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 an analogy I could give is when you walk outside and it's completely dark, you can't see anything around you. But the only thing that you can see is you can see the stars. So in the passive night of the soul, you can't see the things around you, but you can see further. See that? And what God is purifying you of is you're trying to see things that are close to you, but God wants you to set your sight on the stars, on something even greater. And so what God does in these purifications is is St. John the Cross has this one term, detachment. He detaches us. So first God detaches us from things of the earth. He detaches us from the desires of the flesh, the desires of the senses. And then he detaches us from the desires of the soul. So that with John the cross, the cross is what purifies us in order to remove every obstacle that's an obstacle to God in order for us to have God alone. So that, that, that's why John the cross has an expression, nada, nada, nada. If you know Spanish, nothing, nothing, nothing. So you desire nothing but God. The hardest thing, the hardest purification is our own will our own self, our own selfish desires. That's the hardest thing for God to purify, is to purify us of our self. Because our self always gets in the way. There's always an obstacle to God. So if there's any obstacles, God removes them in order for us to be attached to God alone. See how complex it is? But there's the simplicity of it. So if all you do is just say, Just like Mary, your will be done. Let it be done to me according to your word, not my word, your word. And you just surrender to God. And whatever God sends you, you surrender. If he he sends you joys, you accept it. If he sends you crosses and sufferings, you accept it. See that? You accept whatever God gives you. And you kiss your cross, then you will advance who advance in the spiritual life. I always say that this is real funny with spouses. Sometimes you want a better marriage. You want a better spouse. And I always say, kiss your cross. Your spouse is your cross. Give your spouse a kiss. So if you're a wife, kiss your husband. If he's annoying, whatever, kiss him and say, honey, you're my cross to get me into heaven. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, sweetie, you're on my cross to get me to heaven. See that within marriage, both of you can be a cross for one another. We always think of marriage as all this high pie in the sky kind of things, but ever think of it as a cross. That's a cross that's there to purify us, 
to get us to heaven. And so as the Lord is the one who works in everyone's soul, everyone is different with what crosses that God gives them, with what spirituality that God wants them to attain. But there's no way to heaven except the way of the cross. There's a hard spirituality. There's no way to heaven except the way of the cross. There's no way except by suffering, because that's the way that Jesus went to heaven. Jesus went to heaven through the cross. And we as Christians follow Jesus. We follow him on the way of the cross. Is it difficult? Yes. Do we want consolations? Yes. And it's just natural. We don't want desolation in the spiritual life. But desolation will come. I'm here to give you the truth. Desolation will come. But don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid when God takes away the consolation. Don't be afraid if temptation comes. Like if you're following the Lord and you're praying and you're like, Father, but I have more temptation now than I did before. You know what we say to people? We say, good. They say, what do you mean good? I'm more tempted. I'm falling more. They say, good. You're more tempted. That means you're on the right road. Because the devil only tempts those who are advancing in spirituality. He doesn't tempt those who are not advancing. He, he will only really tempt those. I'm talking real temptation. Those who are striving for holiness. Not that the devil won't tempt others, but he'll go after those who are trying to attain union with God. And so St. John of the Cross, his, his last work that he wrote, his last two works were the spiritual canical, which was like a song to the Lord. So as you advance and as the Lord gives you suffering, you start singing in the midst of those sufferings. You start singing like the apostles did when they were in prison. They were singing like the early Christians. They were thrown in the arena to the beasts and the lions. And as they were being martyred, they were singing songs to the Lord. See that? That you, you can get to that point where you say, your will be done. And even if the Lord gives you suffering crosses, you're still singing to the Lord. You're still in joyful. You're rejoicing. You know, as the beatitude said of Jesus, blessed are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you when men hate you and insult you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you for my sake. On that day, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. So St. John on the Cross wrote the living flame of love. And the way that he describes the living flame of love is the highest union with God, is that mystical union with God. But the way that he describes it, he describes it like a log on the fire. And so that log on the fire, it's constantly purified. It's constantly dying to itself. So there's a suffering. But it's constantly being inflamed with new love of God within it. And it's transformed as a log is transformed into that fire. It no longer becomes a log, but now it's, it becomes a fire. And that's the way St. John of the Cross describes a soul and its highest state of perfection, that the soul is suffering, it's constantly dying to itself, but it's constantly inflamed with love of God and love of neighbor. And that's where the soul can do marvelous works for God. That's where our soul's prayer is heard right away, because it's suffering, but it's loving. It's loving God, it's loving its neighbor. Surprisingly, 
St. John the Cross, when he wrote The Living Flame of Love, he wrote it for not religious, not like a religious or a priest. He wrote it for a laywoman that was going through the spiritual stage in her life. He was given spiritual direction to a laywoman who was going through this mystical union of God in her life. And he wrote the work to try to give her understanding of what was happening to her soul. Isn't that consoling? It was for a layperson that he wrote the living flame of love, this highest stage of mystical union with God. So we can learn from John the cross. There's a complexity, as I said, in that, because the cross is difficult. It's not easy to endure crosses and sufferings and trials and temptations. But there's a simplicity of just detach from everything that is not of God and attach to, to only God alone. As, as St. Francis would pray in the cave where he detached from everything in the world and he would say, my God and my all, my God and my all, my God and my all. His prayer became one of simplicity one that was just united with God. And that's what St. John on the cross wants for us. Detachment, and we detached in order to appreciate things better, in order to appreciate all things in God. And so in this Advent season, we can learn from John the cross, what do I need to detach from? in order to experience that gift of Christmas even more. What are the things I'm attached to? What are the things that the Lord needs to purify me of? In order that God alone, that my God, my all, will be my goal, my destination, and my joy. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org.
micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.